This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about blackberries. Yes. Mm. And I love blackberries. Me too. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm a big berry person in general. They're... (laughs) That's what they say about you. (laughs) (laughs) She's a big berry person. (laughs) The fruit, the TV show, the whole package. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Was there any particular reason it was on your mind? Uh, I think I I like it was kind of like the the topic of a fruit or vegetable was sort of due in my weird concept of of a schedule for for episode topics and. I was like, what's a good, what's a good summer fruit and or vegetable? And yeah, I realized we had not done an episode on blackberries. So here we are. Here we are. Oh, I love them. I love them. Um, when I was a kid, we had a bunch of blackberry bushes, like a bunch of them <laughs> uh, in our backyard. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we would go out in the summer and we would uh-huh. have these buckets and we would just collect all the blackberries. And it was just the best thing. It was oh, so yeah, good. Absolutely. Like a like a fresh berry right, right mm. off of a bush that you've just pulled off of a bush is one of the absolute best things on the planet. So Yes. Yes. And they were so like sweet but tart. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah. If they're like a little bit warm from the sun, I'm like, oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think like as an adult, but also as a kid, when you're it just feels like, oh, I'm in like I don't know, some book I've read about them <laughs> right. collecting berries. Or like, I'm on an adventure. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think I talked about this in the, the blueberry episode. We used to have blueberry bushes too. They're kind of all gone. I don't know. I'll have to check huh. if the blackberry bushes are mm, still mm-hmm. there. Because it was a lot of them. Sure. I, blackberries are very uh, prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh 
tenacious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna check. Uh, I've been meaning to check because uh, I, I do. I do love them, and they are very expensive. I used to buy them every week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've gotten pricey. Yeah, I had to give like I calculated my budget, and I had like the price of berries was a huge chunk. Of wow, my pretty pretty small amount I was spending every week at the grocery store pre pandemic. Um, so I had to give them up. Oh, <laughs> but I love them. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I I will buy them when they're right, like in season on sale. That is when mm. I when I go for. I totally buy produce based on like whatever's cheap that day. Um. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, we used to make blackberry cobbler with ice cream, and oh. it was one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yes, and one of my Star Wars nerdy cocktails, the Tatooine Sunrise. Uh, which is essentially like a French 75 with rosemary, but then it has two blackberries in it, which are the two. Are the twin the sons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's pretty good. <laughs> I might have one over this holiday weekend. Ooh, all right. All right. Yes. Oh, man. I could see that working with kumquats, too. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. All Ooh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Ideas. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, we have done a lot of berry episodes. Sure, related. sure. Um, I would say, like, like pineapple is kind is one that comes to mind as mm-hmm. a similar type of fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've done raspberry. Have we? I feel like we've done raspberry. I think we have. We did like raspberry or brambleberry or something. Yeah, and cloudberries. We've, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've done some. Some things in yeah. there. <laughs> Probably. It's up to you to look them up. Who knows? <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we're, we're like sprinting to the finish of this weekend. Uh, yeah. This holiday week. Um, I, we also just, I mean, I, I feel like we've said it before, but like, like I think we both jettison all information, like right out the airlock as soon as we finish mm-hmm. an episode. <laughs> yeah. And I just have the vaguest sense of like, I remember jettisoning that. <laughs> I, I get <laughs> Yeah, my friends will ask me like, "Oh, what were you just working on today?" And I'm like, "Um, <laughs> no one knows. Nope, could Literally have been anything. No one. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, but I guess that brings <laughs> us to our question: <laughs> blackberries. What are they? Well, uh, the blackberry is a type of fruit that is not botanically a berry. Um, it is a multiple fruit droop." which means that it's made up of tiny individual fruits that have all grown smooshed together in a single unit about the size of, like, the ball of your thumb. Um, or, like, the ball of my thumb. I, I don't know I don't know what your thumb is like. Your thumb mileage may vary. Uh, mm. But, yeah, uh, when it's ripe, it has this uh, very thin, delicate, uh, purple-black skin encasing flesh that's very soft and juicy but has, like, a little bit of a crunch and chew to it overall because each of those little mini fruits contain a tiny seed and because the, the structure that they grew on is stuck inside inside the berry, um, unlike a raspberry, which comes free of its structure, which is why they're hollow, yeah? Um, blackberries are sweet, tart, and tangy, and fruity, and like just a tiny bit like floral and fresh tasting. Um, mostly, though, they taste like purple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like dark purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like grimace purple. That's a different that's a different no, flavor. No, and not like grape no. artificial flavor purple. No, like no, no. No. True mm-hmm. purple. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're, they're just delightful little, little like juice multi bombs with a, with a really nice contrast of textures. Um, they're like a, they're like, they're like that friend who is just an absolute marshmallow of a human person on the outside, but they're actually really complex and they have got a dang backbone under all that fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it starts out like really sweet and like soft and then mm-hmm. there's that tartness and kind of texture that comes in. Yeah. Once again, very good, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to that friend because that friend is always such a good friend. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the, the term blackberry does refer to a number of species in the genus Rubus, both wild and cultivated. Um, they're in the rose family and they grow in these like shrubby, viney leafy brambles, um, pretty much everywhere temperate all over the world. Um, the thorny stems are called canes, and they, they vary a little bit in how they grow species to species, but they spend their first year of life like growing a network of canes, which can trail to the ground and take root. They, they grow tap roots, which is, um, it's, like, it's like what a carrot is, all right? Like they're a source of nutrition for, for the plant over the winter, except, you know, in the case of carrots, we, we eat them instead of letting the plant use it. Yes, mm-hmm. suckers. Um, you, you don't have opposable thumbs or nervous systems. There's nothing you can do about a carrot. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, then in a blackberry second year, once they're established, um, they will bloom in little uh, pink or white five-petaled flowers. And each flower contains multiple ovaries, um, each, each of which, if pollinated, will start developing into a tiny individual fruit. But they're so close together that they kind of like Voltron up into a single fruit. Um, that fruit will be uh, oblong, maybe an inch or so, like three centimeters. Um, they're greenish and firm while they're developing. Then they turn like, like deep blush red when they're unripe and will darken and soften and sweeten. Sweeten? Sweeten. <laughs> Sure, as they as they ripen. Uh, they're sold fresh or frozen or processed into purees or juices. They can be eaten fresh out of hand or like in a salad, um, cooked down and strained to make jams or jellies or sauces, either sweet or savory. Uh, they can be baked whole or, um, or chopped uh, into pies or sweet muffins or other baked goods. The puree can be frozen into sorbets or other desserts. The, the juice can be made into wine or liqueurs. They can be dried and added to cereals. The leaves and taproots are also used to make teas, but more like medicinally than for funsies, I think, most of the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, although they, they do add a, a nice astringency. So there you go. Um, they are also grown as border hedges in some cultures. I mean, if I came upon a blackberry bramble, I certainly would not try to move through it. Like, that no. is not a shrub you want to mess with. Mm-mm. Nope. I <laughs> I will say, side... Aside for, for a moment, I, I, I also had um, at my aunt and uncle's house when I was growing up, they had blackberry bushes kind of out, out, out in the back. Um, and uh, I, I try very hard to not cuss in front of my grandmother because mm-hmm. she is a very nice lady and it would offend her. And like not saying things that offend people is like the easiest baseline human thing to do right you know mm-hmm. um and i think like like one of the only times in my life that i've ever slipped was when we were picking blackberries and <laughs> and i kept sticking myself with the thorns and i'm just going like damn it damn it 
still feel bad about it to this day. <laughs> yeah. Those things stick with you, you know? You know, I'm sure no one else remembers this. Anyway, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> aside, <Wow>. aside, aside. <laughs> what about the nutrition? Uh, on their own, um, any kind of cussing shame aside, uh, blackberries are pretty good for you. Uh, lots of micronutrients and fiber. You know, they can be on the sugary side. Um, they will help fill you up, but to keep you going, I'd say eat a protein, a little bit of fat. They are delicious, by the way, with especially like a like a darker meat, like a game meat, maybe like a like a venison or a duck or something like that. Oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, medicinally speaking. Okay, so like these are plants that have been used as, as see above re like teas and stuff uh, for for a long time for a whole lot of different purposes, um, and they do contain right a bunch of tannins and other antioxidants, which can help prevent negative effects in your body. Um, but you know, savor savor motto. Um, uh, more research is necessary. Bodies are complicated. Before ingesting a medicinal amount of anything, you should consult a medical health professional who is not us. No, that's, that's not what we are. Mm-mm. No, never. I just I just eat berries. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> have some numbers for you. We do. Um, uh, Commercial farms can produce some 6,000 pounds per acre per year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The U.S. blackberry market was valued at $31.1 million in 2017. And with some outliers from 1980 to 2006, about 23 million pounds of blackberries, and I believe specifically produced in the U.S., um, Mm -hmm. have been frozen for commercial sale. And this is in part due to how delicate blackberries yeah, sure. are and how quickly they go bad, which I'm sure most of us are familiar with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The U.S. also imports a lot of blackberries, about 130 million pounds fresh, largely from Mexico, and frozen, about 24 million, largely from Chile. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, there are... So many blackberry festivals around the United States. Um, I think I looked at like a dozen before I ran out of steam. And like, yeah, so like, okay, uh, one in North Carolina has a blackberry eating contest and a blackberry cobbler parade with free cobbler. I'm not sure how it works. Let us let us know. Uh, Bremerton, uh, Washington has one that draws some 25,000 visitors and offers over 15 blackberry-themed foods, um, plus bottles of blackberry wine for just 14 bucks, plus a kids' area called On Your Berry Way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, a new festival this year in Louisiana had a jam and jelly competition and featured blackberry dumplings specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Another one out in Round Valley, California, is in its 40th year. Uh, they have a car show, square dancing, and what appears to be berry stomping. <laughs> Again, right in. Um, there's a blackberry jam festival in Lowell, Oregon, that has horseshoes and cornhole, which I did not know that you could have together. I thought that those were... Like, yeah, streams will never cross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They also have a blackberry eating contest where you cannot use your hands. Um, and <laughs> so you just like put your face down into like a bowl of blackberries. 
And this has led to one of my new favorite photographs on the entire planet, which is a, this this child with like red blackberry stains on his face looking exactly as feral as I feel inside. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like, you know, kind of war paint, like blackberry <laughs> Right. Juice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This is amazing. I gotta look this up. Uh, um, I, I posted on, on on my on my Twitter account, so you can go. <laughs> you <laughs> nice, <laughs> perfect. Um, <laughs> I love these rules we put in place. Like, eat as many black bears as you can without your hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Let's add that in there. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we do have quite the history for you. We do. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, blackberries are native to several areas, including the Americas, Asia, and Europe. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Europe, and they have been used medicinally in North America and Europe for hundreds of years. And then all the way back to ancient Greece. Um, and not just the berries, the bark, the leaves and teas, the juice, um, and for all kinds of things uh, used to treat 
like eye ailments, stomach ailments, mouth ailments. Mm -hmm. Before I realized I uh, have a thing with tea, I really liked a blackberry tea. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. Nice and tart, right? Bums me out. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. No. You understand. You understand. I, I indeed I do. Indeed, yes. Um, the indigenous Americans used blackberries culinarily in all kinds of ways as well. Uh, they would make them into cakes that could be reconstituted with water for the winter, and they would make fruit leather, or they'd put it in pemmican, which we've talked about before, kind of like an early energy granola bar thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, with, with, just, with meat, yeah. With meat. Like a, like a jerky, uh, jerky bar. Yeah. Which I found was really good. Again, oh, with the blackberries. Right? And yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's just for instance. Um, in the Middle Ages in Europe, blackberries were used to make a pigment on manuscripts uh, oh. specifically. Oh. Yeah. Uh, some 16th century cookbooks claimed that the berries were bad for the stomach and caused bad moods. Because the berries were so sensitive. What? <laughs> it was so they'll make sensitive. You, they'll make you sensitive because they're sensitive? Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, people, <laughs> especially those from the lower class, still ate them. Uh, <laughs> and by the 18th century, that idea had faded away completely. Uh, and in fact, they were considered a healthy, profitable crop by then. Um, Around the time in England, the berries were used to make uh, dyes for textiles. So I just find that very funny that it went from, like, bad mood, don't eat it, to, "Eh, it's a health food. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. The so-called Himalayan giant blackberry, not from the Himalayas, uh, but from Armenia and northern Iran, was purposely introduced to Europe in 1835 as a crop. uh, And it spread rapidly throughout Europe very rapidly. Uh (laughs) And then later, Luther Burbank introduced them to the U.S. West Coast, where they quickly took root and also spread very rapidly Uh with the help of birds and deer. There are so many essays and articles you can find about how and why they spread so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, By 1945, these berries were well-established there, um, and Burbank was not formally trained, but he was very big into horticulture, and he brought this farm, he purchased this farm to experiments, and he intended to develop fresh fruits and vegetables that could survive transport for longer so that urban centers could have access to these things. Um, so again, blackberries very delicate, very sensitive, hard to transport, trying to find a hybrid or something that would survive mm-hmm. that transport. Uh, and he is the one that gave this berry its name. It's thought because of the size of the berry and not the place of origin, although I believe he thought that they were from India, like he purchased the seeds from India. Mm-hmm. So huh. it's possible he it was both. Um, allegedly, he is responsible for 800 strains of plants and varietals. Wow. Uh, it is largely considered an invasive species mm-hmm. or at least a menace uh, in these areas. Like I've read a lot of like hate love yeah, <laughs> articles. Yeah. I, I, right. T- Tenacious was a really – Annie suggested that to me. And you are correct. It, yes. They 
They are very good at growing. That's I mean, that's why they're native to everywhere in the world, because birds like them to spread the seeds when they fly. And then they just grow like heck in pretty much any kind of soil. Yes, yes. And it, just numerous articles of people being like, well, I can't. It's the taste of summer and I love them, but also they destroy all these other things and I hate <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you are planting them in your yard, be careful. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it is a serious problem in Australia where it was introduced over 150 years ago and New Zealand. And they like have rules around it, mm-hmm. trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, be be careful. Do your research. Uh, Burbank also had some, shall we say, interesting views on eugenics. Oh, um, yay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Hmm. Uh, from what I read, Frito Kahlo painted him using his corpse as a reference. Okay, Frida. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Please. Let me know if that's true. I believe that's what I ran into. Um, All right. Thing to Google later. That's yes. <laughs> into it. Or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> cultivation and hybridization of the blackberry took place in the U.S. between 1850 and 1860. And during the American Civil War, one of the ways some Southern Americans made a living was by berry picking uh, blackberry picking, typically done by women and children who sold these berries door to door. It was something bordering on play for children. Like, even though it uh-huh. was work, it was kind of like like what I was talking about earlier, where you feel like, oh, it's a little it's fun, fun thing I can yeah. do. Uh-huh. Um, and it was an activity that built social ties. People would talk while they did it. These blackberries were used to make desserts like cobblers, dumplings, preserves, uh, wine, They were still used medicinally as well. In 1876, a Southern newspaper published this quote, To be cheerful, as the blackberry crop hardly ever fails, it is good to think that there is something still to depend on, is it not? Hmm. Yeah. However, uh, many people were picking berries not grown on their land, and several anti-trespassing laws were enacted in the 1870s and 80s to prevent that. And many of these were racists uh, because many black families used blackberry picking to supplement their income. So it was a very targeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the laws were very targeted. Huh. Um, skipping ahead um, and uh, mostly as an excuse for food poetry, um, <laughs> the uh, children's picture book uh, Jamberry published in uh, 1983 uh, by by Bruce Deegan. Deegan? Sure. Um, and to include include a quote from it. I don't know how many of y'all grew up with this book. I definitely did. I don't I don't know if yeah, Annie's shaking her head. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's just it's a really sweet little picture book about a, a kid and a bear like going on a berry picking adventure. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, all right. So here a quote from it. Um, Quickberry, quackberry, pick me a blackberry. Rumble and ramble and blackberry bramble. Billions of berries for blackberry jamble. Mm. This is cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I like blackberry jamble. Right? Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, as recently as the 1990s, 
it wasn't common to see blackberries in retail stores, um, or at least like not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Instead, they were largely gathered at U-Pick locations um, or farmers markets due to how perishable and delicate they were. And I know we talked about that in our strawberry episode too. Yeah, because that was my I have I've had experience with U-Pick with strawberries and apples and blueberries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever did blackberries though. Um, but yeah, it's just where you go and yeah, sure. pick your own. <laughs> uh, but the introduction of new cultivars changed the whole game. Um, access to fresh berries, coupled with the touting of blackberries as a health food, only increased demand. And it increased it by a significant amount. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just had to put this in here because I didn't, I, this didn't come up in my research. I just happened to come across it. Hmm. Um the first BlackBerry device, which I had one. Oh, you did? Oh. I did, but I but it's so funny because I didn't get a phone. I mean, it must have been like 2006. Sure. So I was like way behind. I, I was in a strange place in terms of technology. <laughs> um, but the first BlackBerry device was introduced in 1999. And now there's a movie about it, about like its rise and fall. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, all right. Like, like you put this note in here. As I was doing my my reading today, I had to really specify, like, know the fruit, not the technology company. Um, and so, uh, so I'm gonna go a little bit tech stuff on y'all. If anyone here remembers me from the days that I was on tech stuff, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was not good at my job. <laughs> Still learning, um, but uh, but okay. So so yes, uh, the first BlackBerry was a two way like pager slash email device. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it it had a it had a full keyboard like plus a small screen on something the size of a modern smartphone. Um, actual phone capacity did not come until the next model, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, they they came in black. And part of why it was named the BlackBerry was because the keys, like, kind of resemble the sections of a BlackBerry fruit. I don't know. Um, uh, Lexicon Branding is the company that suggested the name. They've also named products like uh, like the Swiffer and the uh, Apple PowerBook. So, huh. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and, like, really, though, like, if y'all were not in touch with uh, the tech world or the business world in the early 2000s, it is hard to explain how big the brand was. Like... By 2010, um, like a little bit over a decade after introduction, they had 43% of the smartphone market in the United States. Um, people called them crackberries because people were like always on them, like always checking them and tap, tapity, tap, tapping that tiny, tiny keyboard. <laughs> um, so small. It was so small. <laughs> Heck. Um, but yeah, but then touchscreens happened. Um and the the brand fumbled and just never recovered. Um, they they pivoted to digital security services and then uh, shut down all device services in 2022. Yeah, I still have mine. <laughs> I always have. It's, I'm like very survivalist in terms mm. of technology, which mm. makes no sense. Yeah, um, but I have all of my old phones. So yeah, I still have Same. it, and it's it's yeah. The keyboard is so small. So little. So little. Very tiny. Your finger is so big. Yeah. Compared to the keyboard. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, and I've, I've got tiny little noodle fingers. Like, mm-hmm. I like I can't imagine an actual human-sized human using this thing. 
But I remember when I got it because I my parents were very much in the line of like, we're not going to get you a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And so I had like the cheapest of the cheap. And so I would get like the latest whatever was like way out of trend. Mm -hmm. But when I got Mm -hmm. a Blackberry, I remember being like, whoa, yeah, cool. Right. (laughs) I mean, that was my immediate response. Like I was like, wow, you were a cool kid. (laughs) (laughs) I was not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an incorrect thought yeah, on on my yeah. part. I don't think that that <laughs> made anybody cool necessarily. I never had yeah. one, um, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a Tamagotchi feel. Yeah, <laughs> like that big. Screen. Anyway, we're going off. We're we going we off are. Track. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, uh, okay. Um, any anyway about we're ostensibly a food show. Um, In 2004, the University of Arkansas released the first cultivars that came fruit in their first year. Yeah. Exciting. Research is ongoing with the blackberry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they they are still, yeah, like I said, I feel like when I can find them, I have to be very careful because they might already be bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They are one of the products that I do inspect pretty carefully because, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll check next time I go home. I want to see if they're still there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely report back. Yes. Mm -mm -mm. But I think that's what we have to say about the BlackBerry for now. It is. Um, We do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. back thank you sponsor yes thank you and we're back with this episode is brought to you by pronamel not all our favorite foods and drinks are bffs with our teeth salad dressing seltzers and fruits can be enamel enemies so if you eat or drink those things regularly your enamel could be at risk and once it's gone it's gone Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. 
We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. For some reason, I always associate blackberries with, like, sunrise and sunset. Sure. Yeah. It's that kind of color palette. You've got that deep purple and that bright red. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of that, like, being out in the Mm -hmm. summer and the passage of the sun. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, Jan wrote, uh, he was writing in about my comments about using sugar-based weapons in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. (laughs) Uh Yes. Uh, Jan wrote, you think so little of your dungeon players, Annie. All my cleric would have to do is conjure up a sleet storm or control weather precipitation, assuming we were outside. That sugar sword would be liquid jello in seconds. (laughs) Which is part of the fun of D&D. Mm, mm-hmm. you, you you think you're being all amazing and brave <laughs> and cool and then nope. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> nope. Zero percent. I love it. <laughs> I never said Ananas, who was this potential character I was talking about, was smart. <laughs> Just that she, you know, worked in the kitchen. Yeah. What could I transfer? Sure. But that would have been very, very funny. That would have been pretty hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I oh man. <laughs> I knew some I'm kind I, of tempted. Right? Yeah. I knew some folks who were running like a like a weird like Candyland based yes. game. And this yeah. it, it, it sounds like something that we should absolutely get into. Yeah. Oh, we talked about it. I yeah, think yeah. we have too much on our plates for now. But we did talk about doing like a one off food. Yeah. D&D campaign podcast. Um, <laughs> so it could be possible. She'll show up. And I would, I would love to play a character who honestly thought, like, this is the coolest thing. It That's will the never good fail. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sugar is the scariest thing. So therefore making weapons out of sugar is the scariest thing. Yeah. And then it just starts and it just to melts. rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I like it. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, uh, uh, Kirsten wrote, The swordfish episode reminded me of two stories I must share, neither of which involve swordfish. Uh, Coincidentally, though, both involve my grandmothers. Annie's story about learning that the family's prized trophy fish wasn't the fish she thought it was reminded me of a similar moment I had with my Grammy's famous pumpkin pie. After hyping it up for days that I was going to make my Grammy's very special and superior pumpkin pie for a work Thanksgiving potluck, I found out the truth. I was poised, pen and paper in hand, standing outside the grocery store when I called Grammy to finally learn the secret family recipe. She started off by telling me, okay, so first you find the Libby's canned pumpkin. This is very important. It must be the Libby's canned pumpkin. She paused for dramatic effect. And then you turn it over and follow the recipe on the back of the can. Earth shattering. Um, (laughs) But I stand by it. It's still the best pumpkin pie I've ever had. Uh, Next, the listener mail at the end of the Swordfish episode about biscotti blasted a deeply buried childhood memory to the top of my mind. 
My babe always had a tin of biscotti in the kitchen. The plain ones repulsed me as a small child, but I loved the chocolate-dipped ones. Or actually, just the chocolate. I vividly remember sneaking into the kitchen, carefully eating all the chocolate off of multiple biscottis, and putting the chewed-up, chocolateless biscotti back in the tin. No idea if anyone ever realized what was happening, but it must have been pretty gross to go for a treat and find a soggy, chewed-up biscotti in the tin. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, Okay. Uh, P.S. It's mango season in Miami again. Pictures of some of this year's haul and utilizations of said mangoes attached. Also, a few pictures of my cats, uh, Swiper, who once ate a whole tin of muffins, and uh, Mozi, Mozi, who was almost named S'mores for her colors, uh, since I know you guys enjoy furry friend pictures. (laughs) Oh, mango season. Right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I... My gray cat is always interested in what I'm eating, but once he realizes it's not, like, salmon, he's not interested in it anymore. Mm. But I have known Mm. cats, yeah, who would, like, take anything, like hot dog buns, like whole avocado, like like anything. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, maybe... Maybe a lesson was learned because I feel like I've done that as a human and I've regretted <laughs> and had a everything. bad time. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Um, also, yes, mango season. Um, oh, I feel like one of the pictures attached was a mango and rice in a rice wrapper, which I was just saying ooh, I had a bunch of. Ooh, so okay. I, yeah. 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 Do that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do appreciate your story about the pumpkin pie. I know I've said it before. That is an episode of Friends, Nestle, Tom Hauser. Um, oh. <laughs> but also, I had a similar thing with, um, I would make these, I, I always knew they were Duncan Hines, uh, but I would make these Duncan Hines brownies in high school. I mean, I guess, thank you, but people assumed they were made from scratch. Oh, huh. uh, And they Hmm. asked me for the recipe, and I was kind of like, do I lie about this, or do I tell them it's just (laughs) just Duncan Hines? (laughs) Yeah, I think eventually I was just kind of like, it's from a box. Yeah, you can, I can show you which kind of Duncan Hines I get that I... (laughs) I can tell you, like, the specific, because Duncan Hines, a lot of, a lot of, Box things do this, but I can tell you the specific like egg ratio I use. Oh, okay, um, sure, yeah. But yeah. it's like one of two options. Yeah, it's back. either cakey or chewy. So right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom, one of her like most requested desserts is uh, the Hershey's chocolate pie, which is essentially just melted Hershey's and whipped cream. But it's so good. Oh, sure. So I stand by you. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, mm-hmm. I, there's a reason that they have these recipes on the back of these products because they work. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I would theorize, as I emailed back, that people did know what was going on with these chocolateless biscotti. Uh, maybe didn't say anything about it, but I feel like somebody had to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I love. I love that because I, I love when you can tell someone has been in a place Based on the food that is there or the food that is missing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Um, but yes, thank, 
Thanks to both of these listeners mm-hmm. for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. And we are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.